Join Ian Garnick as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape your future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. On this Garlic Marketing Show, we're going to talk about translation. It's a hot topic. We're going to talk about the high return on investment of translation, the high cost of quality translation, the danger of poor translation in your website, how AI is affecting all this, the legal reasons a lot of us need to know to be translating our website, the two different types of translation, including transcreation, which I think is fascinating, the complexity of translation, translating a website with new technology and the SEO implications, which is super important, as well as the new opportunities in YouTube translation with videos. All this with Evan Kramer. Evan, say hi. Hello. How are you doing? All right. We're excited to get started. But before we get started, of course, it's brought to you by VideoCaseStory.com. Besides translating your website, one of the best things you can do is put your customer stories everywhere and possibly get them translated. Go to VideoCaseStory.com where we'll show you 13 places you can put your customer stories to land more of those big fish. Just go to VideoCaseStory.com slash big fish. All right. Let's get started. Today, we're going to talk about translating your website, especially as we go global, as the are, even the U.S. becomes so much more international. Translating your content becomes more and more important, so you can reach more and more markets. And I want to talk about that today, how to do it well, how to do it the right way, and what it can mean to you. I've got Evan Kramer with Motion Points on. Evan, thank you so much for being on the Garlic Marketing Show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ian. Great to be here. This is an important topic. It comes up a lot. We get this with video clients. We need to translate this or do this. And it's always a tricky topic too, because I want to get into like how you best practices around that. But before we get started, how did you get involved with Motion Point and how did Motion Point get started? Yeah, yeah, great question. And Motion Point's been around for over 20 years and really pioneered uh, website translation back in the early 2000s. A company based out of South Florida was a technology darling for a long time and has really evolved with blue chip customers, global enterprise brands over that period of time. Back in 2021, it was acquired by a private equity group that um, looked to double down and really grow the business to the next level, especially as you see a lot of technology innovation happening. And I was had a relationship with that group and was brought in to run the company. So I had no translation industry experience. I came up through spending 20 to 25 years actually in digital marketing product development was a chief marketing officer for several brands before moving into the CEO slot. This is my third time as a private equity backed CEO where I come in and grow companies that require digital transformation, tech enablement. And this is an opportunity that is going through and the industry, not just the company is going through transformation. So that's really where I come to play. That's amazing. And I, I want to get into motion point because I think, but it's that's an interesting background because I think so many people think of a lot of times of a CEO as someone who is went to business school is a leadership person versus a marketing person. But I feel like the CEO role is really a is a such a sales and marketing oriented role, isn't it? Yeah, you can take a lot of different paths to get to a CEO, right? You can be the hired gun like me that comes in, and I went to. Actually graduated, was a, in accounting and business, 
went to grad school and it was 1999, 2000, and the internet took off and I got bit by venture capital and internet startups and just got into digital marketing right when it started, hit the ground running. And so I just think the foundation of accounting, uh, marketing, sales, technology, you put it all together, you just know how to run a business. And what's great about marketing as a background, if you do it really well, is it's so data-driven You've got to constantly be thinking about return on investment. And I think that's really the cornerstone of how I think. And uh, I think that's what made me successful as a CEO. Yeah. And and so speaking of return on investment, you've had some great return on investments with motion points. Before we get into how it works, tell me some like the return on investment that people have gotten from it. (laughs) Yeah. So I think there's really a few ways to look at your return on investment. One is from revenue generation creating a localized experience that will enable you to generate more customers organically or convert better because you're providing an experience to a different language. And so a lot of those examples are, again, getting, let's go back to the data and marketing. And so if you find in your analytics, you know, that you're getting high bounce rates or, you know, you have demand because someone's clicking on Google Translate, uh, you definitely understand that there's a better lift. So we have some of the larger, let's say, telecom companies as clients, and I know that they're getting better traction and better customer acquisition than the few the telecom companies that aren't supporting multilingual experience. Um, and I can say that across healthcare companies, telecom companies. So there's some real data to support that even in the United States, if you're supporting a Hispanic community that's not bilingual, that needs a Spanish experience, that you're going to get a lift. And so you need to think about what's the cost of supporting that experience versus the incremental revenue. Um, On the other side, there's the cost effectiveness of translation and knowing that you need to be selling in multiple markets globally. How do you manage the most efficient translation or localization experience Managed relative to the return you're going to get on it, right? If you are selling one-inch screws that cost five cents each, you're not going to spend six cents to translate each product description because you're going to lose money. So you've got to think about what are you selling, how are you selling it, what how, what's the right balance and mix between the quality you can pay for and afford versus the return you're going to get, and that's obviously where technology comes in today. Yeah, that's, yeah, I never really, because I don't do that massive skew e-commerce, but you got to think that every time it's translating and doing it. So what are, how do you translate properly? Because I think that there's a lot of, you can't just throw it in Google Translate and hope it's right, can you? Yeah, I think it depends on what your brand promise is to your customer, whether you're B2B or B2C. Google Translate might be good enough to support whatever you're doing. But if you're a high quality luxury brand like Rolex, right, you don't want to have mistakes on your site. You're going to really diminish the value of your brand experience. So understanding quality is really a factor of the who the customer is. And so how you get to that quality is really where the disruption is occurring today with technology. I would say even a year to two years ago, the best way to get the highest quality is to send the content directly to a linguist. The linguist would translate it, send it back, get it on your website. But now there's a lot of AI that can generate much higher quality. And you really need to identify what's the right mix of quality that you want. 
And so we're moving from a world of defined workflows that is, hey, I'm going to send this content to a linguist to, I want to get this level of quality. And so we can adjust the machines and adjust the knobs and the AI to get to a certain level of quality. And if we can't get to that quality, we send the last mile to a linguist and all of a sudden you've paid less than what you would have paid if you sent it directly to the linguist. So it's, it's a matter of what's your budget, what's your brand promise, how do you leverage technology? It's pretty complicated right now. I think in two or three years, it's going to be a little more streamlined, but we are in this world of, of an inflection point between I need to send it to a linguist to how do I get the same quality without sending it to a linguist? Yeah, I mean, that that's interesting. And also turnaround time, I'm sure for linguists is a little bit longer. And there's human error, isn't there, in yeah. linguists too? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the quality is not always, this. In, in the linguist world, there are quality checking tools that we use. There's also a double review that we'll use with a second linguist. So that quality level can be there. And then same with the machine generated tooling as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. When it comes to planning this out, you said you think about your brand promise. Uh, How does this all work? How does it work? Like when I decide I'm going to come work with Emotion Point and translate a website? Yeah, I think there's, I mean, there's some reasons today there, there's a actually a bill 96 in Canada where if you want to market in Canada, you actually have to support French Canadian. So there's legal reasons to to support multilingual. Same in the United States, where there might be really high concentrations of Hispanics or Spanish-speaking populations. Um, But to really come down to the reason is if you're a global presence and you want to rank for SEO reasons, you you're going to want to have your site fully translated. Google Translate enabled is not going to get you your SEO rankings that you want. And so if you're definitely running customer acquisition in multiple markets, you're going to have to think about translation strategy. And then in terms of just global reach, if I'm a manufacturing company, if I'm a healthcare company and I want global reach, you have to also think about where what's the right level of quality to reach those areas. And We're also taking it from it. You and I live in the United States where this is something a little different than if you live, let's say, in the EU. You know, in the EU, you can travel 100 miles and someone's speaking a different language. In the United States, everyone speaks English. So the maturity level of the companies in the the EU are, are much higher when it comes to translation, whereas in the U.S., it's just taking off as we become more global. Yeah, and if you travel around Great Britain... And they speak 10 different versions of English, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's true. Can, can it translate Liverpool to, to American English? Because then I can speak to my brother-in-law a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I lived in Atlanta for a long time, and there's definitely some Southern accents that I still can't recognize. Well, I think it's all over the place. That might be the next, that might be the next stage of translation. Actually... What you're bringing up is there's two levels of translation. There's translation itself, which is, hey, how are you doing today? And you're literally translating it. There's another level called transcreation, which is taking the meaning of what you're saying and localizing it for that particular dialect or language. So how you're doing today might be said completely different in a different language. And so it would need a transcreated version of it. And then that's a more expensive service because that can't be done through AI right now or machine. I think in the future it can be, but obviously it's not as straightforward. 
That's yeah, that's interesting. That's actually the first time I've ever heard that term. I've definitely learned something today. Okay, I've decided I want to I want to have my website translated. What how what are the next steps? How do you do how do you move forward with this? Yeah, the, the most interesting thing is that in today's world, translating websites is very complicated. Back in 20 years ago or 25 years ago when I was first getting started in even digital marketing, most websites were HTML. There, there was very little JavaScript, JSON. And now when you try to crawl a site and say, okay, how many words are on this site? Like, how many do I need to translate? You're not going to detect all these words because there's a lot of content embedded in JavaScript. And so we've spent a lot of years developing parsing tools to scope a site properly and identify the content and continuously monitor that content. So when we talk about getting started, it's really about the scope analysis, getting the word count, understanding the front end framework, um, how you're going to pay the site and develop scripts for the site. So a project for us would typically take 30 to 60 days to turn around a full site on our solution where you'd be able to wake up the next morning and have a fully translated experience. Uh, there's really two ways to develop translation or manage translation. One is through our method, which is called proxy. So we literally will develop a mirror site from the origin site, let's say acme.com. We'll have a Acme German version and we mimic that site. It's on our servers. We, we manage, we monitor it, we QA it, we get the content in and out and it gets translated. The other end of the spectrum is managing it within your own content management system. So if you have WordPress and you take a connector or an API, you can manage multilingual experience yourself and you would just need localization resources to do project management, work directly with linguists, manage the workflow, but you control it with and manage it within your own content management system. In that case, we don't leverage our technology platform, but we still manage leverage our translation services. And so those are the two real types of experiences. And then where the world is going with CMSs, as you're more familiar on the marketing side, is really the headless CMS, where you're able to manage content in one repository and then to manage a multi, an omni-channel marketing approach. So if I want to take one form of content and say, okay, the website now is just one distribution point. My mobile app's another, my email's another. Um, so these are all converging. If you think about MarTech and translation tech, and that that's an interesting world in and of itself. But in today's world, it's, we do proxy or you can manage it with your CMS through a connector. And so we need to understand number of words, size of site, amount of traffic, number of languages you want supported. And how do you manage SEO and SEO expectations implications, yeah. complications. So we work with our customers on understanding their top keywords and what their keyword strategy is. And so when we will tag those keywords to make sure they're high priority for translation, if they come up, if they need to get placed, if they're in meta tags, um, but we will translate URLs, we will translate metadata, meta descriptions, and the content itself. So we do all that and then we'll help monitor with our customers, the keyword rankings and organic traffic levels. I think, honestly, that is where uh, AI will begin to come into play, where you can start generating more content through ChatGPT or other open AI, where you can start localizing co more con proliferating content in more markets to lift your rankings. So I do think that'll be another area where you know, translation will come into play. 
Awesome. Awesome. And what about video? <laughs> yeah. Video is a whole other beast, right? So when you talk about video, there's voiceover, there's subtitling, and then there's captioning and descriptions. So we handle, we will handle sub, subtitles. We can handle captioning and descriptions. Voiceovers is, a, is an area that we're not in, but we have third parties that we work with that we can get some of that work done for our clients. What's interesting about video, where video is going, is YouTube. I think it was in February. I might be wrong on the, on the exact month, but it was sometime this year where they announced the ability to do dubbing, multilingual dubbing within their editor. And that's really where the opportunity to do translation and multilingual has opened up distribution for a lot of video creators. So I will see, we are, you're seeing a lot of demand for video happen because of that decision from YouTube. So that's an interesting change. It is. That's, it's, it's, it's interesting how global we're becoming, how we have to be thinking about it. And like you said, in the U.S., we, it hasn't been as important. It's becoming more important. But if you're any, if you're in the EU, yeah, like you have to think about it because you're stones throw away from a different language. Yeah. I was just in Central America last week and I'm sitting there on my phone with Google Translate with everyone. It, it we're in a global world and the, the bubble that we're in the United States. I think there's going to be so much more internationalization, globalization to come. And so I think it's going to be really important to figure out how do you, it's going the opposite way of Bitcoin, right? Where cryptocurrency is trying to become a single currency. There will not never be, or at least not in my lifetime, a single language currency, right? And so language will continue to be very regionally driven. And we're going to have to support that through all types of formats, whether it's text or video or audio, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. I've lived in New York city and any major city, there's pockets where people generationally don't speak English. And <laughs> I lived in an area where there are people yeah. that were the third generation and only spoke Italian still. And down the street was someone who was only speaking Japanese. And it's, but to not address those markets is a waste of time and money. It's a lot. Yeah, you're starting to see a lot of adoption adoption from regional businesses. We get we've been seeing a lot of business from like credit unions, right? Where credit unions are typically very community driven. And mm-hmm. so if you're getting a credit union in a Asian community or a Hispanic community or an Italian community, those are ones that we're getting, you're seeing a lot of demand. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. To get started, you just go to motionpoint.com. Yeah, just go to motionpoint.com. We will have some free analysis tools to get you with a multilingual uh, translation expert and uh, easily get started. That's great. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes. And where can we follow you, Evan? LinkedIn is the best place to reach me. On Twitter, I'm at Kramer Cool, and I'm pretty active in social media. So is MotionPoint. And definitely follow me around. I talk a lot about marketing, a lot about translation, a lot about AI. Fantastic. Evan, thank you so much for being on the Garlic Marketing Show. I really appreciate it. And and we'll make sure to put a link to all that in the show notes. And thank you again. All right, Ian. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. All right. And thank you all for taking Evan and I on your journey. This has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video will make you an authority. You know it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? 
storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show, including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. Facebook.